0: The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor, and it do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Um, the scripture reading today, there's a couple short passages from Matthew's Gospel. You can read along if you like. The Page numbers printed on the cover of the bulletin, and there's probably a Bible in the bench in front of you. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And at another place in Matthew's Gospel, shortly after Jesus has been at Peter's house, Jesus replies to a comment, foxes have dens and birds have nests but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Mildred Milch sat in an upholstered chair by the fire. Her legs were tucked beneath her. Mildred had a book in her lap and was completely absorbed by its contents. With one hand, she would lift a cup of tea to her lips and then lower it again without remembering to drink. The doorbell rang. The sound of it came as such a shock that Mildred spilled a bit of her tea. When the doorbell rang a second time, Mildred produced a heavy sigh. She placed the delicate teacup on its saucer and marked her page with an embroidered bookmark. As Mildred approached the front door, she could see the outline of two people. Seen through the leaded glass window, their shapes were wavy and indistinct. Mildred opened the door and asked, yes. The woman on the doorstep was dressed like a banker. She held a manila envelope. A teenage boy stood beside her holding a lumpy pillowcase. His outfit was decidedly more casual. There was a winged lobster on his T-shirt. Although it's cartoon face was friendly enough, Mildred was a little disturbed by this flippant presentation of a flying crustacean. The nicely dressed woman announced, Good evening, I'm from the Victor Hugo Institute of Hospitality. We'd like to pay you $500 for hosting this young man for the night. His name is Jeff. Mildred shifted her weight backwards. She was already preparing to close the door. When she asked, what are you selling, it sounded like an accusation. The woman on the doorstep opened the manila envelope. She produced a single sheet of paper. Mildred recognized her name and address. She also recognized her own handwriting. The nicely dressed woman explained, several weeks ago, you were shopping at Costco. You completed this survey, hoping to win $500. The scene played itself out in Mildred's memory. Somewhere in the cavernous warehouse, she had lingered beside a cardboard display. In the foreground of the display, one person slept on a sofa, in the background, a second person stood framed in a doorway. The second person smiled with delight and held a fistful of cash in one hand. <laughs> Mildred said, oh, right. The woman at Mildred's front door said, this is your opportunity to earn $500. You will also be advancing the study of hospitality. All you need to do is host Jeff for one night. Mildred turned her scrutiny to the teenager. She said, I don't mean to be rude, but there are blemishes on his face. And I don't like the way his eyes are hidden beneath that mop of hair. Is he, that is, does he have good hygiene? Oh, yes, said the woman dressed as a banker. We are very careful about that. Jeff has good hygiene. His manners are impeccable, and you certainly don't have to entertain him. Just provide him with a place to sleep. We'll be back at 8 a.m. tomorrow, and you will have $500 for your trouble. I've heard they eat a lot, (laughs) said Mildred. Teenagers, I mean, should I feed him? You may feed him, replied the dapper woman, but you are under no obligation to do so. Jeff understands that this is your house, and you set the rules. Isn't that right, Jeff? Jeff nodded. He spoke for the first time, saying simply, when in Rome. (laughs) Mildred had not expected him to sound so grown up. The dapper woman continued, if it makes you feel better, you can ask Jeff to leave at any time. He will simply wait by the curb. We will remove him in the morning. Well, Mildred was still hesitant. What about loud music? Will he be shaking the windows with his funky jams or deaf beats or whatever they have these days? Although Mildred had addressed this question to the woman, it was Jeff who answered. He said, your windows are safe. As a guest in your house, I completely understand that you set the rules. You can play the music you enjoy, or we can keep things quiet. The choice is entirely yours. Mildred continued to address her questions to the woman on the doorstep. You said this is some kind of research project? Exactly, replied the dapper woman. We're researching the interpersonal dynamics of guest host relationships. All right, Mildred replied. I suppose I can help with your little project. She swung the door wide open and motioned for Jeff to enter. I'll put some sheets on the sofa and you can sleep there. I'll get you a towel in case you decide to wash. Do you have a toothbrush? All set, Jeff replied. He lifted his pillowcase, stuffed with his assorted belongings. As he stepped across the threshold, he said, Thank you for hosting me. Thank you indeed, agreed the dapper woman. Before turning to leave, she added, I'll see you at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. The next morning, at precisely 8 a.m., the doorbell rang. The dapper woman stood there in a navy blue jacket and pearls. Mildred received her $500. She said, for the record, Jeff was very well behaved. I was a little worried that he'd get into the liquor cabinet after I went to bed, but I just checked, and all the bottles are undisturbed. And it was nice of him to do all the dishes this morning. The woman from the Victor Hugo Institute of Hospitality replied, It sounds like everything went well. For the most part, Mildred agreed, although I didn't sleep very well last night. It's strange to have another person in the house. And this morning, there was a strange odor in the bathroom. Maybe it was some kind of medicated skin cream, I really couldn't say. But I did have to open the window. And now, of course, I'll have to wash his sheets and towel. Jeff stepped through the doorway with his pillowcase of belongings. Thanks for hosting me, Ms. Milch. I'm sorry for any trouble I caused you. You're welcome, Mildred replied with a sigh. To the well-dressed woman, Mildred added, I suppose now you'll need me to answer some questions about my experience. That won't be necessary, the dapper woman replied. But what about your study, Mildred objected. I thought this was for science. Oh, yes, the woman agreed. I'm sure you've helped a great deal, but all my questions will be for Jeff. To learn about the dynamics of hospitality, we don't interview the host, we interview the guest. (laughs) I'm always grateful for people with the gift of hospitality. Being a host is important work but it's work that happens on your turf. If you're the host, then you get to decide. Are shoes removed at the front door? Which towels will be made available? What kind of music will play in the background? If you're the host, you get to decide what is normal. Of course, a thoughtful host will try to accommodate guests, but ultimately, You remain in charge. The space is yours and you are giving from the resources that you possess. A guest has less authority. A guest will sleep on the bed provided. A guest does not choose what food is on the table. In order to be a guest, we must venture into someone else's territory we must cross the threshold into a place we do not own. In so doing, we surrender some of our control. Being a guest changes our frame of reference. Jesus spent a great deal of his time being a guest. He was the guest of Peter and Matthew, Zacchaeus and Nicodemus. He stayed with Mary and Martha, Jesus was the guest of assorted Pharisees and teachers of the law. Jesus had no territory of his own. He tells Pontius Pilate, If my kingdom were of this world, then would my disciples fight. He says, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus is born in a stable because there is no room at the inn. Jesus comes as a guest. If you want to learn about the dynamics of hospitality, consider spending more time as a guest in someone else's space. When you enter someone else's space, will you learn to speak another language? Will you learn to see value in flavors and rituals that are not native to you? Will you find more empathy? With no familiar landmarks to guide you, will you embrace the awkwardness of your own uncertainty? Will you be an adventurous guest? Will you be a kind and thoughtful guest? This is what it means to be ambassadorial. It's what it means to be incarnational. This is what it means to sit at the lowest place at the table. Is there something you can learn by surrendering home court advantage and being present as a guest?